This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to the program with a unique focus on helping Canadians avoid probate. The one thing everyone should know about probate is that it's not inevitable. With some planning and good advice, you can avoid the exhausting, expensive and time-consuming probate process and have your affairs settled quickly and privately. Speaking of good advice, here are your hosts of Avoid Probate. Good morning, Zoomer listeners. Welcome to the Avoid Probate Show this Sunday morning. I'm Jason Laidler here with world-famous Ted Wallachin. As usual, Ted, how are you today, sir? I'm well, thank you. How about yourself? I'm well, thank you. Also, um, hopefully our, our listeners are ready to learn something about probate and in more particular how to avoid it. Uh, before we get there, though, I have, I got to tell you, uh, yeah. I've seen your beautiful property in the city covered with all these beautiful mature trees. I had a tree go down in my yard earlier uh, this week in one of those flash storms that we had. Yeah. Uh, total, total surprise. Yeah. No no. No injuries. I was going to say no damage, but there is fence damage and stuff like that. Um, my neighbor is unhappy that it actually missed his shed. But what I was getting at, by the way, have you had a tree fall down on your, on your yes, property? Yes, I have. Uh, well, actually, you know what? I should. Um, a branch of a tree hit my fence, but knocked my entire fence down. It cost to replace the fence $3,000. Holy cow. Well, speaking of costs, uh, I thought we did the right thing by calling the insurance guy to well, come I and have a look at it. And uh, I don't want to get too detailed, but it was on a fence line, and it fell like 99% into my neighbor's yard, even though it was on my side of the fence. And so insurance guy says, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll cover 50 feet of your fence to replace it and six feet of the trunk from the root. And the rest of it, another like 50 feet of tree, isn't, isn't your problem. It's on your neighbor's ground. No, it's on your neighbor's lawn. Is somebody kidding me? It's my tree. He goes, yeah, that's not how it works. We just cover your part, your part of it, and the rest of it's up to him. And I said, well, what if what if he sues me? He goes, well, he's going to sue your insurance company, and they'll battle it out. Anyway, I had no idea that's how it worked. So I just thought I'd ask you if you had a similar experience. Trees. Okay. Let's uh, jump in. Have fun. Yeah. It is the Avoid Probate Show. Have I'm glad, fun. Glad you're with us this morning. Zoomers. Here we go. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about um, the news. What's in the news? It is the Avoid Probate Show. We try to uh, keep the listeners abreast of not just uh, probate issues, but um, financial issues and, and news news headlines uh, like this one regarding the fact that uh, Seniors Minister Deb Schulte says Canadians who are 75, 75, as of next July, will receive $500 during the week of August 16th this year. So once again, if you're 75 next July, <laughs> you get $500 uh, bonus uh, August 16th this year. The government projects the bump 
which marks the first permanent increase to old age security since 1973. It's crazy. Combined with the one-time payments will cost the government just over $12 billion over five years. Old age security benefits will also automatically increase by 1.3% this month, bringing the maximum pension amount to about $626, up from around $618. If I did the math correctly on that real fast, uh, 28 bucks, (laughs) $28 a month. Well, it's better than losing $28 a month, I guess. Uh, Last week, I talked about the fact that it is mid-year review time with regard to your return on your investments. I know that most of you would not have had your mid-year statements last week, but you should have them by now, hopefully. Have a look at them. If you have any questions at all, let me know. I'll be more than happy to translate them for you. I know they're not always easy to read. All right. Well, our guest today is an expert on the subject of uh, being a regular person. She would say she's an expert on being a victim, and you'll find out more about that in a few minutes. Uh, She's been trying to take care of and do the right thing by her mother in her mother's golden years. Now, I know that some of our listeners are going to remember the show we did about Ron's story. The reason I know this is because we've never had more emails and phone calls. Ron's story rang a bell. Um, hey, that's a good, I didn't mean to do that, but that's a good pun. Well, um, now we get to hear from Mrs. Ron, who has a completely different story to tell, completely unrelated to Ron's situation. If you didn't get to hear Ron's story or any of our other shows for that matter, you can easily find them by going to the Avoid Probate website, uh, www.avoidprobate.ca, and then uh, right there on the landing page is a button that says click here to listen to past shows or something like that. You just click that button and then you've got access to all of the past episodes of the Avoid Probate Show on Zoomer Radio. Okay, time to introduce this week's guest. Uh, Are you going to do it, Ted, or am I? I understand uh, you and Liz are acquainted from a past life when you were a big league hitter in the Toronto Baseball Leagues. Yeah, I'm going to haunt you with baseball stories for an entire 40 minutes. No, I wouldn't do that to anybody, to be honest with you. Uh, Our guest Liz has arrived. She has a fascinating story to tell us. She will share that with us in a moment when we return to Avoid Probate on the Zoomer Radio AM 740. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Good afternoon, friends. We are gathered here to remember... Insert your name. And we're heartbroken because... Insert your name. ...did not avoid probate. So the loved ones of... Insert your name. ...have to wait a long time for what rightfully is theirs. I see I've made you cry. Recent changes in law make probate slower, more complicated, and more expensive. Don't make it harder for your loved ones. Avoidprobate.ca This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back to Avoid Probate. I'm Ted Walsh and he's Jason Laidler. Our guest is Liz. We're not giving her last name because of the um, personal nature of the the innocent story. Uh, you'll understand as we move through this story. Good morning to you, Liz. Thanks for dropping by. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. We're and nice s- to see you. Nice to be seen after all these years. It's been a while. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. 
So I've known Liz for a little while as well because I made. Um, well, there's a, there's a connection here to another past guest. Uh-huh. Uh, we heard Ron's story, boy, I don't know, six weeks ago or something like that. And, um, yeah, Liz and Ron uh, know each other quite well. But their stories are completely unrelated. And I, without saying any more, I want, I want to let Liz talk about uh, what her experience has been with regard to dealing with her mother's estate, even though her mother's still with us, right? Yes, my mom's uh, 98. Holy wow. smokes. And surviving COVID quite nicely. Good for her. Good for her. So, what have been uh, the challenges? I know you were you're a snowbird, and you know you came back. You were stuck because of COVID for a little bit uh, in Florida when it was fresh. We didn't know exactly what was happening with COVID rules and regulations, and you came back to uh, have to deal with uh, some stuff you weren't expecting to deal with. Yes, I uh, I was stuck in Florida. Um, since, uh, let's see, I was uh, there January 2020. Uh, my mom uh, was uh, admitted into the hospital uh, April 2020, so that's where the uh, story begins, because I thought that uh, the, uh, the estate had all been uh, resolved with uh, both my uh, sibling uh, uh, brother, only there's just the two of us, um, and myself being uh, co-power of attorneys as well as uh, co-executors on the will. So I thought that we had covered all the bases. Um, when my mom was admitted in April, uh, in terms of a, uh, an infection, uh, at that time I had uh, spoken with uh, with my brother and uh, indicated that perhaps we should uh, uh, look at uh, probate laws and uh, see if we could uh, look at uh, placing uh, some of the assets that uh, my mom uh, owns in a more uh, protected uh, environment. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. When, uh, so I came back in uh, June of uh, 2020 to find out that... Uh, um, my sibling had uh, sold my mom's condo within a week. Wow. So I was still in Florida when it was listed. Uh, a few days, uh, a week uh, when I was planning on uh, heading back by myself because I had been waiting for uh, my husband to uh, to come and help with the, uh, the drive. Uh, but that wasn't happening with uh, all the shutdowns and uh, so on and so forth. Right. When uh, when I arrived that uh, Monday morning to a text that uh, uh, advised me that the condo had been sold, mm. I was under the uh, uh, misconception that uh, the powers of, uh, of attorney meant that uh, both of us had to agree. But based on how it was worded, <clears throat> um, jointly and severely means that uh, first come, first serve, as far as the uh, joint power of attorney. So uh, but that would only be if, should something happen to uh, either parent or either individual, right? Uh, not necessarily, because the power of attorney was, uh, unbeknownst to me, effective the day of signing. So that would have been uh, probably about 12, 13 years ago when uh, the three of us were in uh, my mom's uh, law 
lawyer's uh, office uh, doing up the power of attorney and the uh, the will. And I just want to jump in. That's the default setting for powers of attorney. Unless it's specified otherwise, it's effective on day one. Uh, you can put events in place, like a diagnosis and things like that, but you have to specify that. So it's automatically effective otherwise. Yeah, because I thought uh, at that time that uh, it would require my mom's... Uh, for us to say that my mom was incapable right. for for that power of attorney to uh, to uh, be initiated, but it was not according to that clause. So I would recommend people uh, <laughs> review their powers attorney and uh, review that clause and make sure that if there's more than one person that is uh, designated uh, to ensure that uh, that clause be. A bit more specific in terms of uh, whether or not uh, uh, the parent uh, in question uh, uh, requires uh, an assessment in terms of uh, incapacity. That's a contingent power of attorney. It's contingent on some event that you specify. So um, I found out that the uh, condo had been sold. Um, The monies of uh, my sibling had indicated that the monies would uh, from the sale of the condo would be going into a, a joint account that uh, uh, he had with uh, my mother at one of the financial institutions. I uh, had asked, well, okay, um, if uh, that's the case, then uh, I can also be uh, part of that uh, joint account as well. Uh, and he said, uh, well, good luck on that thinking that it was the institution that was providing a, a, a block. What I found out later was uh, my mom had, and I knew that she had uh, more than the one account at uh, two different uh, financial institutions. Uh, what I found out later doing all of the preparatory work <laughs> for the lawyer that I had to engage <laughs> Uh, because I had a month to, I guess, uh, react uh, based on the uh, the condo sale fees going into that joint account, which would mean that if my mom were to pass, uh, all of it would be his and his estate. It would have nothing to do with my mom's will saying that she wanted everything 50-50. The power of this is my mom's will. Uh, these were my mom's uh, and are my mom's wishes that uh, everything be equally uh, uh, divided. So at the time of uh, being informed by my mom's lawyer that uh, he had uh, every legal right to uh, sell, sell the condo because it was first come, first serve, um, it was a fight just to find out how much the details of the sale how much it was sold for, so on and so forth. And the monies of uh, the uh, the sale of that condo sat in the lawyer's account for well over six months because of where these uh, monies were going to be um, transferred to. Because there was no agreement between uh, you and no... your sibling. Exactly. But I also had to have the lawyer uh, interject and say uh, to the lawyer of the real estate uh, firm that uh, the proceeds needed to be held and for it to be sorted as to where they were going. Mm -hmm. What I found out uh, during the process of contacting uh, uh, the two different financial institutions 
because uh, my brother led me to believe that it was solely just the uh, the proceeds of the condo that uh, were in question. I found out that uh, my mom had uh, several uh, checking accounts and several uh, savings accounts at financial institutions along with uh, investments of uh, well over uh, $200,000. And uh, in terms of those investments, GICs, tax-free savings accounts, um, he was uh, on the registered uh, ones uh, uh, deemed as the sole beneficiary and uh, in all of the checking and savings accounts, uh, he had placed himself on as well as a joint account holder. When he could be a beneficiary, on the ca- in the case of a registered account, he was named just him, and that came as a surprise to you, because obviously you, you would assume you would both be named on that. Correct. Uh, and I need to say that uh, in terms of uh, my mom, uh, it had uh, I looked after my mom's uh, health care. And he was looking after the finances. So in terms of the investments, in terms of uh, the uh, the filings of uh, tax returns, in terms of all of that, uh, he was the one that uh, looked after all of it. And my mom, English is not her uh, first language, uh, basically as he would put whatever in front of her, she would uh, sign or, uh, or uh, do. So I found out that he was transferring monies from accounts to accounts, and he was the sole account, uh, a joint joint account holder uh, with uh, with my mom. But that happened many many years uh, after the power of attorney and the uh, the will had been uh, rectified, because it was done after my dad's uh, passing in uh, 1996. We're going to take a quick break here, Liz, and then we want to hear the the rest of the story, of course. But uh, we'll be right back here on the Avoid Probate Show AM 740. Stay right there. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. My name is Marilyn, and I avoided probate. Our story begins when Marilyn paid a visit to her mom's bank. She noticed something odd. She had 100% of her money tied up in GICs, making 1%. It wasn't enough to sustain her. She was dipping into her capital big time. Marilyn wanted to disperse the money for her mom's needs as she ages. She had acquired power of attorney. No, you can't do anything with her accounts. They're in her name. And that was that. I was overwhelmed by everything. I didn't know what to do. That's when Jason from avoidprobate.ca stepped in. There was a sense of urgency because Marilyn's mother is no spring chicken. This process takes time, and I didn't know how much time we had. He walked me through what I should do when I went to the bank, what I should say to them. Not only that, Jason went with Marilyn to the bank. They weren't happy that I was sitting across the table from them in the office, and they knew that we were trying to move this money. But I knew that we had a right to do that, and that it was the right thing to do. Persistence paid off, and we got the transfer done in time. So many seniors have these GICs at the bank. They will be probated. They will be frozen. They're paying next to nothing. And they're locked in with maturity dates. It drives me crazy. I don't understand why anybody buys these things. There are much better options out there. And sometimes we can do this transfer at no cost. 
to the account holder. Should you get in touch with avoidprobate.ca? Anybody who has non-registered accounts at the bank needs to look into the services we provide at avoidprobate.ca because, by definition, you can't put a beneficiary on a non-registered account at the bank. You can put a beneficiary on a non-registered account at an insurance company. The rules are different. I felt that the banks thought I was a thief, but Jason made me feel so much better. I know we've done the right thing. Call us at avoidprobate.ca on the toll-free number, but call us before your mom or dad passes away. That's when we can help you. Have the conversation with your parents and avoid probate like Marilyn did with avoidprobate.ca. Call 1-844-667-7628. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back. This is the Avoid Probate Show. I'm Ted Walsh, and he's Jason Laidler, and... uh, Louise is with us, and we were talking about the situation that you have been going through in regards to your 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 mom and and her health. She's ninety eight, you're saying, and and this whole conflict with your brother. It sounds to me like this: he took on like a full time job, just trying to get as much out of your mother and as he possibly can, leaving as little as possible for you. Well, ultimately, there would be nothing left for me. Explain that. Well, in terms of uh, the, uh, the the bank accounts, uh, he would be the, my mum would pass, and uh, it would not be um, probated because he is the account holder, and all the funds in that account would be his. The joint, the joint owner. Exactly. Right. So um, when I came back and I uh, contacted uh, my mum's uh, lawyer in terms of the power of attorney, just to try and get some clarification over this clause. They said, yeah, that's what it means. So uh, uh, basically, I uh, contacted uh, my brother and I said, listen, I don't want to interfere with regards to how we've been uh, uh, looking after uh, mom's uh, uh, health and uh, finance issues. Uh, the uh, uh, My mom's lawyer can drop a, a letter of uh, agreement in that um, you continue with the uh, overseeing of the finances, not knowing at this time that he was the joint account holder and sole beneficiary of uh, the investments and the uh, bank accounts in two financial institutions. So there were warn- warning uh, cues uh, along uh, the uh, the process that uh, I started paying attention to. One was uh, the uh, the family doctor when she initially went into the uh, the hospital. Uh, you know, he came back with. Uh, I said, you know, to my husband, provide him with all the information so the hospital is able to uh, uh, know her status uh, in terms of uh, immunization and all of that. Uh, he said at that time the response was that uh, she did not want to have any dealings with her family doctor, which was surprising to me. Because she loved her family doctor. So already there were certain indications that there was something funny uh, happening. Uh, The other was he was not interested in uh, knowing anything about probate because at the same time, um, Jason had talked about, uh, uh, you know, probate and uh, whatevers and... um, I thought, okay, so I'll forward that information on. He was not interested at all. And I thought to myself, now, he really likes money. That's the characteristic of him. And for him to negate the fact of being able to uh, uh, hold back some of the funds from the taxman, 
just didn't make sense to me. Mm. So there were those two things. The third was uh, the agreement with my mum's uh, lawyer with a letter saying that uh, you know he could continue, so I would not interfere with any of the f- uh, financial uh, uh, components to it. Uh, and him negating that uh, was the third that kind of got me thinking and then started to check into my mum's finances because at that point I basically left it up to uh, him and uh, my mum. That was not my area. My area was uh, her health. And for her to be at 98, I think I've done a pretty good job. And she was independent up until uh, she went into the hospital. However, several years prior to that, I had indicated, which was the fourth Indicator. I had indicated to him that, uh, you know, she was uh, uh, forgetful, she's not eating, that uh, she needed uh, some assistance. We needed perhaps someone to come in to uh, do an assessment as far as uh, uh, dementia because she was showing uh, some indicators there in terms of uh, dementia. And he negated that. And hindsight, uh, he negated that because he was doing all of the other uh, you know, getting on to the accounts and uh, setting up the uh, the tax-free savings and the GICs and all of that with benefic- sole beneficiary or uh, uh, being in a certain uh, uh, where he would be of benefit and it would not fall into the estate. And so the will, there was nothing left because all the investments and all of the uh, the, the property – uh, were basically in his hands, and it had nothing to do with uh, with uh, the will at that point. If my mom was to pass, I would then have to sue him and the estate because it would, you know, if he passed, then it would go to his estate, not to me. And I spent thousands of dollars with regards to legal to just resolve and hours, the sale, and hours, days, <laughs> hours, months. It's taken a year. Uh, for it to be at a situation now where um, with one uh, institution where the uh, the condo uh, fees were uh, basically uh, uh, transferred to, I have a joint account uh, status uh, there with regards to my mom's uh, savings account. All the monies have gone there. Uh, I've been able to, with uh, uh, some of the tax-free uh, uh, investments uh, with that uh, uh, institution to then not have those uh, uh, renew uh, because he was my sibling, the beneficiary, uh, not renew, but to have that transferred into her uh, savings account. In terms of the various institutions, they have different policies. That particular institution did not allow me to be a joint account holder. Uh, and in terms of my... Now, when you say institution, are you referring to banks? We're talking yes. about banks. We're yeah, not all naming different them, banks. of course. Yes. Okay, all right. Well, because but, but, yeah, two different one. banks. All right, well, I don't know if it was one was a bank that was accredited. No, and, and I want to jump loan. in because the fact is that, I mean, there's a hodgepodge of accounts in play here for a lady who's 98 years old, and I've said this before. What's wrong with, at that age or even earlier, starting to simplify things, right? Why does a 98-year-old person need two TFSAs, multiple checking accounts, things like that? What's wrong with one checking account and no TFSA and that at was, that point? And that was the other uh, clue. This is the thing in terms of clues and being aware of the uh, clues. Uh, 
I had asked my uh, my brother why all these uh, checking accounts and uh, savings accounts and uh, whatever. Why not consolidate <coughs> and uh, just have uh, a one financial institution, one checking exactly. account, one savings account? Keep it simple. And and that was another clue when there was nothing to be discussed with regards to that. I said, "There's something up here." And and this was an ideal avoid probate situation because once the condo was sold and we've talked about this as well and she's downsized effectively we've talked about that basically all her assets are cash investment assets and this is where this started i mean i was recommending to liz let's uh, transfer your mom's assets over to the insurance company Mm. name you and your brother as equal beneficiaries and when she's passed done simple and that's where Liz started uncovering some of these problems. So uh, we've got about a minute here, Liz. What now? Well, right now we're in a situation where, uh, a little worrisome, um, the, uh, the one bank where uh, they did not allow me to be an account holder, we do have a, um, a resulting uh, trust uh, I had to uh, uh, bring in a, a lawyer uh, in order to uh, to do so. Uh, again, it's uh, uh, out of thousands of dollars, out of pocket, thousands, thousands of dollars at this point. But I, I figured, well, you know, I'm lucky that it's happened now as opposed to after yeah. uh, my mom's passing because then it would be a major nightmare. You got problems. Everybody's got some problems. That's why we've got Jason and you've got Avoid Probate at your fingertips. Uh, very simply, go to avoidprobate.ca. Of course, there's the three W's in front of it, but you should know that by now. Or you can call during the week, one 844 667 Back in a moment. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Well, it is time to head down to Kensington Market to visit our old friend Tom Mahalik at Tom's Place, 190 Baldwin. That's where you will find him at a fabulous collection of clothing, even for hot, sticky weather like this, huh, Tom? It, it, Ted, not only for hot, sticky weather, any kind of weather, we're ready. We're able to serve our customers because Tom's Place never stops shopping. Even at the worst of times, Tom was out there shopping and bringing fabulous, fantastic merchandise. You're looking for a linen pad. You're looking for a short sleeve shirt. Or you're looking for a groomsman suit. Or you're looking for a tuxedo. Or if you want to go, if you want to go into the movies, we have suits that you can buy at Tom's Place that you'll be a star in any movie. You know, there's a lot of movie production going around in the whole city. And you know where they buy their wardrobe? I know. They buy it at Tom's Place. I know that. I know. I've, I've, I've seen that. I've seen your name. I've seen your name on television. I've seen it in the newspaper. I've heard of the radio. And I've seen it on the big screen. We've seen it. And for those of you who have never been there, do so. 190 Baldwin. That's where you'll find Tom's place in the heart of Kensington Market. Welcome back to the Avoid Probate Show. I'm Jason Laidler here with my famous co-host, Ted Walshin. Glad you're here to join us this morning. And I'm excited to say, finally... 
back by popular demand, we're going to jump into the mailbag. The mailbag is bursting at the seams this week, and that's uh, my fault because we haven't had time, much time, the last couple of weeks to do much of the mailbag. So I guess we're going to make up for lost time today to some extent. Um, and I do appreciate uh, the listeners who are writing in and asking for more mailbag. Just to remind everybody that the information provided in this program is for general consumption only and is not intended to provide particular legal or investment advice. Every situation is different, and so if you have legal or investment questions, you should speak with a licensed expert, or of course, you can contact me by email at info at avoidprobate.ca. It's info at avoidprobate.ca or by uh, toll-free phone, one 844 Six six seven seven six two eight. So last week, I took a lovely drive out to Millgrove to meet with a listener. We've had several calls from there, and I know I still owe a Millgrove listener an info package, and I promise we'll be getting caught up by the end of this week. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering, it is just south of Guelph, and so you'd think I would have known that since I went to Guelph for my biosci degree many moons ago. And yes, I know Biosci, financial planning, makes perfect sense to me. Anyway, so I'll call him Mr. Milgrove, lovely gentleman. He has three adult children, and each of them have two children. For reasons I won't go into now, it was important to Mr. Milgrove that all nine of these people, do the math there, kids and grandkids, nine in total, receive an equal share of the investment once he passes. So to keep the math relatively simple, uh, for Ted's benefit, the eldest child gets 12% and the other eight family members will receive 11%. And all of that is laid out in an addendum at the insurance company, which is quite easy for me to set up. Those are his wishes. He could not have done this at the bank. Remember, the bank's solution to the probate problem is to add a joint owner, which I've said repeatedly is usually a bad idea. Imagine adding nine joint owners to your investment account. Talk about a disaster waiting to happen. Oh, and I should add that Mr. Milgrove was a bit apprehensive because he's had a bad experience in the past with a so-called financial advisor. I assured him we are licensed professionals with impeccable records and that we only ever act in the best interest of our clients, always following the rules. I pointed out that there wouldn't be an avoid probate show on the radio for very long if we weren't doing right by our clients. And also, I, I should add that the insurance companies that we work with are also monitoring our activity very closely, maybe more so than the regulator, are, uh, regulator is. Uh, the insurance companies are in a very competitive space, all competing for your investment dollars, and so they do not want any bad press at all. So if they think an advisor is doing something he or she should not be doing, they'll simply cancel that advisor's contract, and then that person is out of business, just like that. An advisor needs to be contracted with each and every insurance company he or she does business with. Okay, I want to uh, switch to emails. That's um, my, my road trip story about uh, Mr. Milgrove. Uh, in terms of emails, please keep them coming. I keep saying we will endeavor to respond to each one of them and share some of them on the radio show with you. So in no particular order, and I've got a few here. I hope we don't run out of time again. We probably will. This lady, this listener writes, 
A couple of weeks ago on your 7.40 a.m. show, you mentioned an Ontario law whereby if there's less than $50,000 cash in your account, you don't have to pay probate even if you own a house. You could have registered items with beneficiaries, which is not part of the probate process. Did I understand that correctly? That's her question to me. To which I responded, uh, you have it partly correct. This, by the way, is going, this is another first dealings matter. This, I'm amazed at how often these first dealings matters are popping up. But, you know, um, I should maybe not be so surprised if you've been in the house, and we know so many seniors who have been in the house for decades, as long as they've been in their pre-1980s, that's a general rule of thumb, depending on the municipality, uh, there's a good chance a first dealings matter applies, which means, uh, once again, there's a chance. It's a delicate issue. There's a lot of boxes that have to be checked, but there's a chance the house could be probate-free. You need to speak with an expert to find out for sure. Um, but I responded to this lady's question, and I, I reminded her that if the entire value of the estate, including the house, is worth less than $50,000, and no probate is owed to the province, though in theory a bank could still require it. We've talked about that a few times, where the the number was under 50000 but the bank didn't care. They still wanted the executor to jump through the probate hoops. Uh, following on in my response, registered and non-registered accounts with beneficiaries are not included as they do not make up part of the estate. This is why I'm always encouraging listeners to use our services to transfer non-registered investments out of the bank and reinvest the funds at an insurance company where one can name a beneficiary. Again, something you cannot do at the bank. Closed. I hope that helps. Please don't hesitate to call if you have any further questions. So thank you um, to the listener for that email and taking the time. Moving on to a different uh, email. Again, in no particular order. Hello, Jason. Uh, thank you very much for the time, taking my phone call and for your expertise. I appreciate you taking the time to send out the POA kits. All right. Uh, and by the way, it says your show on Zoomer is very helpful and informative. I can't tell you how many compliments we get. and We love it, of course, because we want to, you know, it helps us to know we're, we're on the right track because um, we're making it up as we go along here. But I wanted to read this out because... It's been a while since I mentioned uh, the power of attorney kits on, on the show, yet we still get requests trickling in for them. So once again, uh, it's it's not my document. It's it's published uh, by the, the Office of the Attorney General in the province of Ontario. And if you want one, I'm happy to send them out to you at no charge. And uh, just just write in and tell me that you're you're looking for one a copy or two copies even. Of this document, and like I said, uh, for no charge, I'm happy to send that out. So thank you for that request. I did get a interesting um, question about the POA kit. Somebody asked me if it was legal, which made me chuckle because you know I pointed out it's published by the Office of the Attorney General in Ontario. So uh, enough said about that. Okay, next page. Dear Jason, my mom and I have listened to and taken notes from every broadcast you've done since starting your Avoid Probate show on Zoomer Radio. Thank you for sharing your expertise as well as your own personal experience. Mom's eager to avoid probate, so has taken your advice and has begun liquidating the GICs, hallelujah, way to go mom, that she and my father share jointly with two different banking institutions. Not naming them, that's fine. Mom is nervous about having a large sum sitting in her savings account 
while waiting for the other maturity dates to approach this fall. None of us have any experience with insurance companies and would greatly appreciate your guidance on how to reinvest their life savings. I hold POA and am an only child. Will you help us? Sincerely, this listener. So my response, uh, congratulated mom, by the way, because that's that's good news and the message is getting out there. There's much better options than these GICs and we've talked about some of them, including that for life product and industrial alliance that will guarantee you based on your age and your gender uh, a guaranteed income that is a multiple two or three times the multiple of what you're getting from the GIC at the bank and it's not locked in and it's going to avoid probate so that's just one of uh, several different options to the GICs when it says mom's nervous about having a large sum sitting in her savings account while waiting so I, I I pointed out there's no need to wait. Uh, let's transfer. We can do a transfer today. I don't know what the numbers are. It doesn't matter. I mean, it does. It, have to, it has to be over $5,000. I'm assuming that's the case and because uh, we're talking about life savings. So we don't need to wait for all of it. You don't. Let's do it now. I mean, um, there's an argument to be made. The, the, the sooner the better because we just don't know what uh, the future holds, right? So if we can move a chunk of it today and, and wait for fall to come for the rest of it to mature, uh, so be it. It is important, and I've said this to clients before as well, it's important to let the bank know you do not want them to uh, renew these GICs. And I've seen situations where the bank has automatically renewed the GIC because it's been renewed every time for the past 15 years or whatever, and they just assume it's going to be renewed again. And they go ahead and lock it in again. Well, that could be a problem. So it's important if you've got GICs coming up for renewal that the bank understands that you don't want that GIC renewed if that's the case, if that's your position. So thank you to that listener for for writing in. I think I can squeeze one more in here. I'm looking for a short one. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll tell you a quick story about another gentleman who called uh, this week. He's a long, long-standing client, I'll say, right? There was, I had a financial planning service before the Avoid Probate Show. I'm 20-plus years in the industry. And so this gentleman, um, pre, pre-show, pre-Avoid Probate Show, he's one of these people who is pretty nervous um, about about the big picture in the future, politically, geopolitically, things like that. In fact, um, just before the U.S. election, the last U.S. election last November, uh, on his instructions, we moved half of his account to cash. And it's a large account, large. Uh, And it's half cash, and it's still half cash. And that's fine. Again, my job is just to facilitate your instructions. I, I'm here to give you advice and recommendations, but it's not my money. So you want half in cash, then we'll put a half in cash. He still, even though that's the case for, well, the better half a year anyway, half a year later, um, and, he, and that's cost him a little bit of interest uh, because the market's, he's still positive for the other half of his investment. is still positive, but cash is cash and it doesn't grow by definition, right? And uh, anyway, he's still concerned about what the future holds. And so I suggested to him, I said, well, maybe you'd feel better if you did a relatively small redemption and put a bunch of money in your sock drawer. And he said, I don't know what you mean. What are you talking about? And I said, well, some people feel better. And I don't think this is uncommon. Some people feel better knowing there's cash in the house. And if you need to get your hands on 
5,000 bucks or 10,000 bucks or 20,000 bucks in 30 seconds or less, well, you can do that. And, and that's comforting for some people. And it was something he hadn't considered. So he gave me those instructions and, uh, I did the redemption, uh, the, the withdrawal, let's say from an RSP, by the way, that I've been managing for a long time. That's done very well. And that cost him nothing because we're not nickel and diming our, our, our clients here. It's all about the big picture. It's all about avoid probate. So the fact that I did the withdrawal for him didn't cost him 10 cents. And the very next day, he had tens of thousands of dollars in his checking account that he didn't have the day before. And he made a point of texting me to say that he had it so fast and thanked me for that. And, you know, he feels better. And that's good. That's what we're here for. We're here to, to make you feel better and to assist you with whatever uh, your plans and your, your desires are with regard to your long-term investments, especially when it comes to avoiding probate on them, which is a no-brainer because probate is not fun. So that's a pretty full mailbag. I, I could go on. I'll save some for next week or the week after or all of the above. We're going to go into our last break. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back, uh, Zoomers, to the Avoid Probate Show. Wow, that was a lot to uh, take on. Thank you, Liz, for sharing that story. I think I think I speak for the listeners when uh, I say we want to hear the end of it and how, how it wraps up. Hopefully you'll come back and tell us when that happens. Um, what a story, indeed. What a story. And those are the kinds of stories that we share with you because we're thinking that, that it may inspire you to think, well, something similar happened, like something similar to that happened to me. To somebody I know. Or someone yeah. I know, and maybe I should look into it. It is the last Sunday of July, Ted. You know what that means? Yeah, next dare, week's the first Sunday Dare I say it? 59 days left until fall, if you're counting. Anyway, thank you once more. one more time to my guest today, Liz. Uh, thank you to our awesome producer, Kelly. Thank you, Ted Walshin, for surviving COVID. Thank you, Zoomers, for your time today. Ted, next week, same time. Can you, you got make it. it. Yeah, we'll make it a date. Enjoy your Sunday. You've been listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.